College Basketball Insider. Some news and notes from around the world of college basketball. In-studio correspondent for WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. Attention please to John Rothstein. Please report to St. The Insider's Insider. Joining us now with his thoughts and a break it down, John Rothstein. It's College Hoops Today with John Rothstein. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. John Rothstein here on the College Hoops Today podcast. Later in this show, we'll be joined by Baylor head coach Scott Drew. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We're the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 two weeks out of the calendar year and also send me your questions on twitter i'll get to them later in this podcast i'm at john rothstein that's john j-o-n and a reminder to find and listen to the college hoops today podcast on all the popular podcast platforms make sure to subscribe like and rate the show and please feel free to leave us comments and also check out collegehoopstoday.com for podcast archives breaking news stories and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe and i want to let you know that today's episode of the college hoops today podcast being sponsored by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Now that we've got you set for all your Geico needs, we are inching closer to the start of the 21-22 college basketball season. Four weeks from tomorrow is opening night. I was on the road last week, saw three teams of power conference significance, saw Syracuse. It was an interesting statement by Jim Beheim at Syracuse practice. He told me that the Troika on Syracuse's current perimeter, Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and Villanova transfer Cole Swider, is the best shooting perimeter that he has had in 46 years at Syracuse. That's saying something. And another player who stood out during practice is his other son, Jimmy Beheim, a transfer from Cornell. It would not shock me if both sons of Jim Beheim, Jimmy Beheim and Buddy Beheim, wound up starting for the Orange this year. Wouldn't that be a storyline to track? Also shot down to Philadelphia, saw Villanova. It's business as usual on the main line. Expect Villanova to be a top five, top ten team all season long. The guy that really stood out was Brandon Slater, somebody who, again, has taken nibbles of success during his college career but hasn't taken a massive bite. I'll tell you this after watching practice at Villanova. Brandon Slater should be on every breakout list in college basketball. He's added strength. He's shooting the ball much more, with much more confidence. Brandon Slater is a breakout guy to watch. I also saw St. John's in New York. My takeaways are as expected. Posh Alexander, Julian Champagny, two of the top six or seven players of the Big East. But the role players around those two all-conference performers are going to determine St. John's overall ceiling. If the transfers that Mike Anderson has brought in, 
Montez Mathis from Rutgers, Aaron Wheeler from Purdue, Tariq Coburn from Hofstra, if those guys can be consistent producers at the offensive end of the floor, St. John's doesn't just have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. St. John's has a chance to advance in the NCAA tournament. Now, one team that advanced further than any other team in college basketball in last year's NCAA tournament was the Baylor Bears. Baylor won a national championship last year. What do the Bears have on track for an encore? We'll find out when Scott Drew, the head coach of Baylor, joins the College Hoops Day podcast with John Rothstein coming up next. Baylor enjoyed a dominant run last season to a national championship. The head coach of the Bears is Scott Drew. He now joins the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Coach, first question, how has life changed for Scott Drew since winning a national title? Well, there's a lot more smiles in Waco. That's in, in with Baylor Nation and a lot more Baylor gear uh, uh, across the country. So that's all a positive thing. And coaches love to uh, uh, make people happy. And obviously, uh, Baylor fans are pretty excited about how last season, and in fact, the last couple of years have, have worked out for us. Now, five of your six wins in the NCAA tournament were by double figures, including the national championship game. Were you surprised at the level of dominance you had in the NCAA tournament, especially since you didn't win your conference tournament? Well, I think uh, uh, each and every game coaches go in and you have a game plan. You know if it works, you have a chance to be successful. And at the, it, it, as we just saw this weekend with college football, it's not over till it's over. So I, uh, and especially with the three-point shot and, and how quick teams can go on runs, uh, you, you got to play the full 40 minutes. And if it requires overtime, uh, more. So uh, I think if the game would have probably gone on uh, longer, uh, the games would have gotten close. So you just got to be uh, efficient and effective uh, whenever you're out there and don't let off uh, uh, the gas pedal because obviously teams come back in a hurry. So uh, to answer your question in a roundabout way, um, surprise the final results uh, as far as because uh, normally March Madness, you have a lot more close games. But again, I think uh, credit our guys for uh, making sure that uh, we competed for the full 40 minutes and didn't allow teams to make runs at the end. Now, I've asked coaches this you know, throughout the years, and they give you different answers. I'm curious, though, because you just went through it. You win a national championship in dominant form, and you don't win the Big 12 tournament. I've seen other teams win their conference tournament and then either lose in the NCAA tournament early or ride a wave of emotion to a deep run. Is it an advantage to win your conference tournament or not win your conference tournament? Well, I think every coach wants to win every game, and so do the players and fans. Uh, at the same time, uh, it, that's what's great about uh, uh, basketball. There's a lot of ways to be successful, and some sometimes uh, uh, winning a conference tournament gives you the momentum to be successful in the NCAA tournament, and other times it allows you an extra day of prep and rest and maybe allows your team to refocus. With us last year, I know losing was a benefit from the standpoint because we had had the three week pause with COVID, um, we hadn't had much practice time. And once we lost, we were able to actually practice for a couple days. And I thought at that point, our defense started to return to uh, shape and normal. And if we had won it all, I don't think we would have had the practice days we did and hence might not have had the results in the NCAA tournament. Baylor head coach Scott Drew joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Now, it is the dream of every coach 
to win a national championship and the end result was obviously known with minutes left on the clock in your game against Gonzaga but I watched you very closely when the final buzzer went off you just had a smile on your face you went down and you hugged Mark Few and you kept it together like you were cool hand Luke how did you keep your emotions in check during such a seminal moment well, I think first and foremost, uh, uh, wanted to make sure uh, Coach Few and, and his team um, uh, received the respect that was due. I mean, unbelievable season for them, and uh, uh, just to uh, know uh, how our staff uh, views their staff and the respect we have for the job they did. So that was first and foremost. And then the second thing, uh, you know, all, all year long, uh, our guys had done a great job in uh, um, making sure um, that uh, when the game was over, we celebrated in the right fashion and in a class manner. And I think we just wanted to uh, do that as well. Coaches always say that the game to get to a Final Four is the game where you really, really feel the pressure the most. You had been very close to going to a Final Four before last season. You had a very difficult loss to Duke in 2010. You lost to Kentucky in 2012 in the Elite Eight when they won the national title. What was coaching in the Elite Eight like for Scott Drew when he went up against Arkansas? Well, I think uh, each and every game coaches are nervous. Uh, you don't want it to be your last game with your team. Uh, for us, uh, the first game of the tournament being the number one seed for the first time, uh, that was a different experience because you feel the pressure of you don't want to lose a 116 game and it's the first game of the tournament and you hadn't played in a, uh, uh, a little bit of time and you're not in that rhythm. So uh, that game definitely uh, uh, has your has your nerves going. And then the second, uh, when you get to a chance to uh, play for a Final Four and you knocked on the door, like you said several times, uh, definitely excited for that for that opportunity. And the first game always of each weekend, I think, is 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 more nerve wracking because you have several days to prepare. Uh, that second game comes around so quick, um, you're not as as nervous and usually a little fatigued from watching uh, a film late. But uh, I can tell you that uh, for our program it was a huge step being close to uh, getting to a final four before and losing to two uh, eventual national champions and we wanted to have a chance to to celebrate and allow our fans to um, be able to appreciate getting to a final four and I know Arkansas uh, coach Musselman had a great team last year did a great job uh, last year and uh, again a game of runs and we're blessed uh, uh, the score finished the way it did. Scott I was at uh, Syracuse practice last week and uh, I was talking to Jim Beheim, who you've coached against, you know, in the NCAA tournament, you know, and other, uh, and other times, obviously, throughout your career. And I referenced something that, you know, in a conversation with him that he said, you know, 18 years ago when he won a national title. And he said, you know, right when he got into the postgame press conference, I'm no different a coach now versus than when the game started. Do you personally feel like you're any different a coach now that you've won a national title versus prior to last season? No, but I, I tell you what, uh, uh, each and every year as coaches, we want our players to get better and improve. And hopefully each and every year, coaches and our staffs improve as well. So whenever you have a chance to make a deep tournament run, that gives you more opportunities to grow as a coach in a program. So win or lose that, that Final Four uh, uh, national championship, um, coming off of deep runs, hopefully you are a better coach. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, in the future, the wisdom our staff has gained from that experience can help out our future teams. 
Well, obviously, once you win one national title, the biggest thing that kind of happens, you start thinking about how often you can do it again. How often since that magical night in Indianapolis have you thought about winning a second national title at Baylor? <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, once once you get done with the first one, uh, after uh, a couple uh, questions, the next question is, can you repeat? Uh, can you go back to back? <laughs> and then when you have your victory parade, everyone wants to know next year we want to repeat, we want to go back to back. So uh, from, from coaching, uh, uh, you know how rare it is. Uh, you look at uh, teams that have gone back to back, only Duke and Florida have been able to do that since uh, the John Wooden days. So uh, extremely a tough feat at the same time uh, a exciting opportunity also uh, for our staff and team to have that opportunity and Obviously, there's a lot of challenges that go back in uh, that next year because uh, everybody's pretty excited to play uh, uh, the reigning champs and uh, crowds are a little bit bigger, teams are a little more amped, and you get everybody's best shot. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, with our team, uh, we've had a lot of success the last couple of years, winning us Power 5 program in the last two years and us in Virginia in the last three years. So uh, hopefully uh, we can continue. And uh, it's great seeing the success of our former players with the uh, summer leagues and exhibition uh, in the NBA and uh, seeing just uh, those guys uh, continue to have success and we look forward to watching them in the NBA this year but it's great opportunities for those that didn't leave and those that have come into our program to carry on the tradition um, that uh, past players have established here. Baylor head coach Scott Drew on the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Well, let's look ahead right now to Baylor in 21-22. Your initial assessment here after a couple of weeks of practice and obviously an offseason full of workouts. Well, I think uh, uh, every coach uh, this time of year – uh, likes their team, likes working with their guys, and uh, uh, is excited for what could be. And we're we're no different. Um, I think our guys uh, had a great summer, put in a lot of time, have been working hard, and uh, really in the next uh, uh, couple weeks, everyone will uh, find out just what areas they're weak on as we begin uh, with those two scrimmages or exhibitions. Um, because when you're going against your your own team, it's hard to see your own deficiencies. So uh, excited to see what we need to work work on uh, in the next couple of weeks after we have those who makes the biggest jump out of your returning players well, each and every year, you, you hope everyone's games have improved and gotten better. I know uh, um, with us, it's no different. we got a lot of guys that uh, have opportunities to step up, and uh, we'll be able to do that. I think from last year, the returning players that uh, uh, maybe didn't play as much, L.J. Cryer was somebody that some games would play, some games wouldn't, and uh, the experience that he gained uh, going against uh, Davion and Jared and Maceo every day in practice and how those guys have uh, really helped him I think he's one player that uh, uh, will get more consistent opportunities and uh, definitely has shown how he's matured and grown and then uh, uh, you look at uh, we have a lot of new we have uh, three freshmen coming in we have two transfers so that's five uh, new players and then all the returning players besides LJ from Adam Flo uh, um, Matt uh, Jordan uh, I mean guys that uh, uh, were around last 
last year and helped us win a championship. Now their their roles and opportunities uh, have a chance to to grow. And uh, we have two bigs that uh, uh, Zach and Dane uh, that have been competing every day with uh, uh, Flo and and John. And uh, uh, I know uh, they've they've improved. And so again. I think every coach uh, is excited for the season and what could be, and uh, we'll all find out just uh, uh, what areas we need to improve on in the next couple of weeks here. Now, you had mentioned Adam Flagler. You know, he was kind of producing in obscurity last year because he was playing with the best perimeter in college basketball. He averaged in double figures during the NCAA tournament. He uh, scored in double figures in the national championship game against Gonzaga. What type of a jump can he make now that he's going to be a focal point and not an ancillary piece to the puzzle? Well, I think um, him and Matt uh, uh, both are in that same position where uh, last year they came in. And we we, 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 we said uh, all year long with our coaching staff that we had a starting rotation. We didn't just have a starting lineup. And when you went to the bench, uh, actually, like you had mentioned, uh, Adam had been really successful in the tournament. But even prior to uh, – uh, in December, when when he was out with COVID uh, protocols, up to that point, he was our leading scorer. So, it uh, uh, he, he's someone that was very efficient, productive last year. This year, obviously, more attention will be on him. Will be on Matt Meyer, and they'll have more opportunities, minutes wise, to uh, um, show their consistency and growth as players, and we'll need that. Baylor head coach Scott Drew joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein now. You mentioned LJ Cryer earlier as well. He has been obviously a little bit banged up here in the preseason. What's the timetable for his return? He's still probably a week and a half out from uh, being able to come to compete uh, uh, for a full practice, but uh, uh, he's able to uh, get in and out and do some things now. And he's such a hard worker as as is uh, most of our guys. So uh, he's finding opportunities to. Make sure he's still in shape and make sure uh, uh, his shot is uh, uh, efficient and on point. So uh, uh, excited for him, though, to be in uh, consistently uh, so we can uh, um, get him used to playing with the new guys and vice versa. Now, another guy that you know we haven't talked about that you know you lost from last year who was a tremendous intangible piece for you is Mark Vital. When you think about somebody who's going to kind of be your utility guy that brings everything together, who's going to fill that role on this team? Well, and, and when you talk about uh, Mark Vidal and uh, versatility and uh, just all the little things that he's able to do, how many people in a summer league played uh, with an NBA summer league team and ended up uh, on an NFL uh, uh, um, roster? So he's with the Chiefs currently um, and, and working on becoming a, a tight end. Uh, but that just shows you uh, uh, how athletic and um, what a what a player and uh, person he is to be able to uh, professionally have an opportunity to play two sports at the next level. So we'll definitely miss him. The good thing is uh, uh, every day John and him uh, had some great battles in practice and really got after it together. And uh, uh, John is somebody that uh, knows uh, he, he has to pick up some of that slack from, from what Mark left. Now, other than James Akinjo, who was obviously a very good player at Arizona and Georgetown, which of your newcomers do you think are going to make the biggest impact on Baylor? Well, the great thing is uh, all all three of our freshmen have an opportunity to uh, definitely help our team, but also uh, come in battle-tested, per se, for what, what a high school player goes through. You had um, Langston Love, who uh, ended up winning uh, – um, 
uh, Geico last year with Mount Verde, and they beat Sunrise, who uh, Kendall Brown uh, uh, played on. They guarded each other, played against each other four times last year. So uh, n- one and two in the country uh, is pretty good. Uh, uh, and people, again, that uh, won college basketball, but it was pretty darn close. So uh, they come in battle-tested and ready. And then uh, uh, Jeremy Sohan is somebody that uh, played at Lalamere and then uh, last year uh, played in Germany. So he's somebody as well that uh, has played uh, high-level competition. And normally you, you, freshmen come in, and uh, depending their situation, uh, it might take more of an adjustment period. But uh, our three freshmen uh, uh, have all competed at high levels, been successful. Uh, but the great thing is uh, very humble, very hardworking, very coachable. Uh, uh, love working with them every day, and all three are going to be very successful. And then we do have one last uh, transfer in Dale Bonner from Fairmont State. And our last Division Two transfer, uh, Division Three transfer, was Freddie Gillespie. Took a little time, but uh, had a great career, and uh, currently with the uh, Raptors. So uh, Dale's somebody that uh, uh, definitely has a chance to help us as well. And I know that you know I, I mentioned James Akinjo, and he's a known commodity. And I know that you've been around, obviously. You know some really great guards the last couple of years, but what has been you know really you know your main observations with him since he's been in your program? Well, first and foremost, uh, he's got a great work ethic. Um, he's been in two two programs where he's uh, uh, been well coached and uh, he's played obviously very good competition. Uh, so he's someone that comes in with uh, experience and somebody that uh, uh, has been through the wars uh, and at the same time. Uh, really impressed with his uh, uh, humility and hardworking, and uh, uh, I think those are the characteristics that have made him successful and will continue to allow him to get better as uh, he, he's wanted to learn from our current players uh, as well as our past players that have come back from Jared Davion and Maceo. So uh, he's been a joy to have in, in practice each and every day, and uh, anyone that works that hard will continue to get better. Baylor coach Scott Drew joined the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Well, Scott, you know, one thing I want to touch on here, it is always a moving and fluid target when we talk the word realignment in college basketball. It's been a transitional period for the Big 12. And, you know, we saw obviously the news recently that Texas and Oklahoma are going to go to the SEC and the Big 12 is going to add BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. You know, one of the great things from to me about the Big 12 was you always had a true regular season champion because of the double round robin. That obviously might uh, might go away now because there's going to be 12 teams. Just what are your feelings as somebody who's had such a reverence for this conference about, you know, the way things have kind of evolved here? Well, for, first and foremost, our uh, uh, our coaching staff here, as well as all the Big 12 coaches, um, love the the competition night in and night out. And why since 2014, according to Ken Palm Analytics, we've been the best conference in the country is because there are no off nights and every program uh, has great players, great coaches, and a great fan support, which make them extremely difficult games. Um, but it does battle test you and get you ready for postseason and uh, allows you to uh, when you iron sharpens iron allows you to get better each and every night as a team and a coach and a player and with uh, uh, the thing that excited me when we when the the new expansion uh, was finalized uh, you look at Ken Palm analytics and with the four teams coming in and you take out Oklahoma and Texas and analytically since 2014 we'd still be the best 
college basketball conference in the country. And everyone uh, understands uh, analytics nowadays. And uh, again, it's such a fine line winning and losing and the parity out there. Um, but at the same time, I know uh, uh, for all us coaches that have been in the Big 12, there's a lot of pride that uh, our conference has been as successful as it has. And uh, the thought that uh, um, will continue to be that uh, is exciting. And uh, looking forward to uh, those teams joining as far as the round robin. Uh, uh, we'll see how things go there just from the standpoint, as you know, more and more conference games seem to be being played now. Uh, maybe we still do play everybody uh, home and away. Uh, maybe they divide it up. Uh, the good thing is I don't have to make those decisions. They just tell us, uh, uh, play who we tell you to play. Well, final thing, Scott. Obviously, you know, it was a major, major accomplishment what you did last year. It was obviously a seminal moment, as I mentioned, for your program for the Big 12. You know, in order to have, you know, that type of run in the NCAA tournament, you've got to have great players, you've got to have great coaching. You also have to be fortunate and have things go your way. From your vantage point right now, what has to happen between now and the start of the postseason for Baylor to again be in position to earn a high seed in the NCAA tournament and go on a run? Well, I always say at the beginning of each each year, the the first thing is you don't know how injuries are going to affect your, your team. And uh, coaches, no matter uh, how good we think we are, um, we're only as good as our players. And I think you can look at, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Steve Kerr, a great coach, and then all of yeah. a sudden uh, you don't have those same players. You're winning championships and things change quick. It's not like he became a bad coach. It's just uh, he's a great coach, but, but players make coaches. And um, how injuries, uh, everybody has different positions, and uh, you're a little thinner in certain areas, and you, you can't afford to lose certain guys. And um, I think that's the first thing you have to see what happens throughout the year. And then the second thing is the chemistry of each team. I mean, even though you return people or you don't return people at the end of the day how much do the players really like one another and want to fight for each other and the third thing is the player leadership on, on the team um uh you, you gotta at the end of the day have people in that uh, locker room that uh, echo what your what your coaching staff wants and believes in um and so everyone's on the same page so those three things uh, uh have to work out and if those three th- those three things work out then then you got a chance and as we know that's again what makes college basketball so exciting just like uh, uh this weekend in, in college football i mean amazing games and if you turn them on at one point you're like um definitely this team's losing you turn them on at the end of the game how'd they come back and that same thing in college basketball I mean each and every uh, night out uh, uh, with 18 to 22 23 year olds you got to be on point because uh, things change quick and handling success handling adversity um, uh, and and just the ups and downs in life uh, being able to be consistent uh, is so important well, Scott, we appreciate a couple of minutes. We uh, appreciate your time as always, and uh, as always, look forward to staying connected throughout, along the way. And thanks for all you do for college basketball. Appreciate you, John. We'd like to thank Baylor head coach Scott Drew for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Want to remind you to subscribe to the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein on Apple Podcasts. We want to be your Bible for the college basketball season and beyond. We are the only college basketball podcast coming to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. Also want to remind you to check out the College Hoops Today fan page on Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the product we're bringing to you 52 weeks out of the calendar year. And also a reminder to find and listen to the College Hoops Today podcast on all the podcasts 
popular podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe, like, and rate the show, and please feel free to leave us comments and also check out collegehoopstoday.com for podcast archives breaking news stories and analysis on the greatest sport that we have on our globe and time now for our social media portion of the college hoops today podcast with john rothstein send me your questions on twitter i'm at john rothstein that's john j-o-n and our first questions from jake smith and it's john will nebraska be dancing this year and jake you know i was out in lincoln about two weeks ago go to host nebraska's midnight madness don't know if i'm ready to say nebraska will be an ncaa tournament team i will say that we vastly improved love the troika on the perimeter of alonzo verge the transfer from arizona state trey mcgowans and of course bryce mcgowans next question is going to come from zach marovitz and john who do you think will start this season for indiana well i'm about to head to bloomington this week i'll get more into that later in the podcast but i'm expecting obviously up front trace jackson davis and also race thompson but i do think miller cop the northwestern transfer is going to have a major role with his shooting would also expect potentially tamar bates the freshman guard to start and also xavier johnson but i'll know more when i get to bloomington later this week and our final question comes from Big Trev, and it's John, how good can Oregon be with all the transfers? Well, Dana Altman has always done well when it's come to transfers in college basketball. That's why I always say he likes to align the Rubik's Cube. Not many coaches are better at putting together a team on short notice than Dana Altman. I look at it as a clear pecking order of 1-2 in the Pac-12 with UCLA and Oregon, and then I think there's a gap between those two and everybody else. I have both of those schools, UCLA and Oregon, in my top 10 to start this season and five good nuggets this week is being brought to you by geico do you own or rent your home sure you do and i bet it can be hard work you know it's easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home go to geico.com go to quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com now let's get to those nuggets Five good nuggets. Five. Five. Six. No, five. But you were close. Nugget number one, Gonzaga's choice. Gonzaga announced over the weekend that Mark Few will be suspended for the team's season opener following his DUI. He will be back for that monstrous matchup with Texas on November the 13th. Nugget number two, Hawks Eye View. Well-embedded moles and stores have sent word to me that UConn freshman Jordan Hawkins will play a major role in the Huskies' offensive ceiling. Remember that name. Nugget number three, Miles the Machine. How about this nugget? UCLA blocked 69 shots as a team last season. Miles Johnson, the grad transfer from Rutgers, blocked 68 himself a year ago. UCLA should be a much better defensive team at the front of the rim. Nugget number four, Griffin's growl. Duke announced on Saturday that freshman A.J. Griffin could be out up to six weeks with a knee sprain. That puts his status in question for the Champions Classic against Kentucky on November the 9th at Madison Square Garden. Nugget number five, on the road again. I got another busy week. I'm going to be at Seton Hall today. That is Monday. Then I'll be in the Midwest to see Indiana, Purdue, Butler, and Illinois. I'd like to thank Baylor head coach Scott Drew for joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. I'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. This was the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. (laughs) 